This is episode number 142, Maintaining Inclusion and Making Your Voice Heard with Susan Yans. Welcome. My name is Oleg Lohit, and this is the Overcoming Odds Podcast, where you get a glimpse into the stories of individuals who have overcome adversity, suffering, and struggle in achieving their personal success. This podcast was built by you and for you to help you overcome adversity, suffering, and struggle in achieving your false potential. Before we get into today's episode, I would like to make a brief announcement and invite all of our listeners to our upcoming Courageous Conversation. This is an open discussion about relevant life topics in a space where you can connect to others and yourself. You're welcome to contribute as you wish, whether that means listening or sharing. This weekly conversation is designed to create a safe and supportive community where you can develop new perspectives about life and your own individual journey. If you'd like to know more details about how to join any of these upcoming calls, go ahead and leave us a message through our website to which we'll respond with all the details, including the link, the time, and the place where all this takes place. Now, let's get back to the show. Susan, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Oleg. I'm so excited to speak with you today. Uh, thank you. Thank you for connecting with me to begin with. I remember that initial conversation that you and I had a little while ago, and it seemed like it was going to, I think initially it was scheduled for like 10 to 15 minutes, and then we went well into the hour and probably <laughs> yes. could have continued talking even longer. And I just felt that there was so much wisdom and experience that was being shared between the two of us that I really just wanted to have you as a guest on this particular podcast and give you a chance to share your own experience and also talk about this topic that you and I chose as it connects to how do we be aware of the reopening procedures and how do we also continue to create these spaces for people to be heard, to be valued and to be appreciated due to the conditions and restrictions that may be imposed upon us. Absolutely. Before we dive into that theme, though, I want to give you a chance and briefly introduce yourself to the audience. And that is answering this, once again, rather loaded question, one that we probably get asked thousands of times over the course of the day. And that is, who are you? Thank you so much for the opportunity to share who I am. So, For me, I consider myself to be an empathic leader who leads with impact. And I do that at the intersection of human behavior. So being a psychology major undergrad and then blending that with the business perspective. So in looking at businesses and what makes businesses work, it's all, it's the people. Mm-hmm. And being mindful of that and how do you include them and how do you bring out the best in them to um, uh, be successful themselves and then successful as an organization. Right. And um, I'm also, besides a, a professional, I'm a wife, I'm a mother, I'm a daughter, I'm a sister, and I'm a friend 
as well as a community leader. I'm involved in a number of women's initiatives um, uh, locally and globally. And it's, it's because of this um, core value I have about leading with empathy that um, it's important for me to be involved in the community and also as a role model for my daughters to um, see their mother be involved um, in the community as well as professionally. You know, one of the things that you brought up as far as not only leading the different community initiatives that you're a part of, but also creating and maintaining this element of, I think, diversity and inclusion that we've all had. And it seems like we were making great progress with it prior to coronavirus taking the shape that it has. And I'm curious to know from your perspective, what are some of the different things that you've noticed throughout this experience as positives that we can take moving forward as we progress through this experience that we're all having the opportunity to go through. And that is one of the stories that you mentioned as far as for people who are not able to communicate through the, I guess you could say the traditional ways. And that is those who may not hear or able to speak or hear. And some of the things that we have to do at least here in Texas, and that is when we go to grocery stores, we have to wear masks. Otherwise, we can't enter the facility. So I'm curious to know, like, what have you seen in, through that particular lens that some companies and organizations are doing to help create kind of like an equal playing field for all people? Yes, I've seen some creativity, as I, I shared before we got on air, where there have been masks made where the lips are are clear so people could read the lips and see the lips if if they uh communicate with sign language and in, in, in that way so i think it's these inventions that bring to the fore that we need to be mindful that um there are different communities and different um types of people mm -hmm. and have to um, think about how are we going to include them in um, sort of society going forward and in an environment that has some restrictions on our physical locations, on the protective equipment that we wear. Mm -hmm. um, and I think what's very important is about being visible during this time. Um, and what I mean by that is um, in the workplace, for example, letting people know what you are working on. So if you're not able to have that direct conversation with your manager and colleagues to on a regular basis, communicate via email, for example, here are the things I've worked on this past mm -hmm. week. This is what I'm going to be working on and to be proactive. Like, I think everybody has the opportunity during these times to be a leader, mm -hmm. even if they're not necessarily given that, that title in the organization, they have that opportunity to um, be proactive and, and to let people know the good work that they are doing and to, to take control and ownership of of their career paths as an mm -hmm. example mm -hmm. what does leadership look like for you how, how how do you define a great leader to begin with 
Uh, I think a great leader is um, wonderful at listening. His mm-hmm. is, uh, first skill is, is listening and um, being aware. I think having high emotional intelligence, so being aware of what's going on for them, that, that self-awareness and managing themselves, and then looking outwardly in their relationships. How are they managing others and how are they um, being in touch um, and aware of, of what's going on with others? And especially during this this time, I talk about people are on a, a different level in their journey during this time. So some people might be stuck in like a fear stage where they're, they're perhaps angry, still angry about the situation. There might be people who have moved on to the, the learning phase, for example, where mm-hmm. maybe they're um, starting to recognize there are things they cannot control and starting to let go of that um, control piece. And then let's say people are, have moved on to what I'll call the you know growth stage where people um, have accepted the situation. They're more empathic. It's, it's more of a go-giver kind of uh, mentality. And I think it's also important to recognize um, as a leader that people also might not be coming at this um, and dealing with this, this crisis, for example, with the same resources. So as mm-hmm. somebody said, we're, we're in the same storm together, but we might not be in the same type of boat together. Mm-hmm. And, and to be mindful of that. Yeah. I think that's a very valid point to note within it is something that I actually had shared yesterday. And it is that we're all fighting individual battles on a daily basis. And yes, we are together throughout it all. But the thing that you mentioned as well is we might be in the same storm, but we're not in the same boat. And that is every single one of us, I think has its own unique set of challenges when it comes to this. And for me, what I've learned is that there's really no point to try and judge Um, one's person's perspective or compare it to my own and say his or hers is greater or worse than it just is because it has its own unique course for what it's meant to maybe reveal or help learn through. And so I think that I think judgment, well, first of all, in my opinion, list judgment does, I don't think helps with the listening skills and, and what you mentioned as far as the listening overall there was a great book that I was introduced to, and this is probably the time that I need to pick up that copy of it finally. And I, I think it's something along the lines of the art of listening. And it's, it really breaks down the concept of uh, listening to understand and listening to respond. And I think there's a huge difference between the two. And so in this case, when it comes to leadership and what people might be going through, I think there's a big difference in implementing different leadership strategies through listening to understand versus listening to respond. I think um, what you bring up reminds me of sort of two themes that I've seen from a human needs uh, perspective. So if you look Mm -hmm. at Tony Robbins, uh, six human needs, two of them are really at the forefront, which is 
certain the need for certainty and the need for connection mm-hmm. and as leaders we can provide that certainty by providing that structure that form to be able to to listen and um by by showing up on a regular basis and communicating and what the situation is, what's happening from a work perspective, what's happening in the community. There's all sorts of, of leaders from a school perspective. But in the connection part, I think that people want to be heard during this time, just to have a, a place to say what is going on for them mm-hmm. and to be able to acknowledge that and, and do it in a way where there, there are no judgments. You're in the no judgment zone and i think it's an arts um as there's there's so much going on around us um and sometimes it, it's hard to, to to pause and say okay i i really want to hear what's what's going on for you and just to to be silent and and let let the other person share mm-hmm. to seek out what's going on and then to be able to give back to them just what you heard and, and to know that they've been heard that's a gift mm-hmm. was there a time in your life where you felt like your voice wasn't being heard i um definitely think there are times where i i felt um in my uh career where i wasn't being heard but i also saw where uh, others around me weren't being heard um, personally from a family perspective. Um, my mom has uh, grappled with some mental illness and I think growing up that wasn't um, okay, if you will, to talk about. And um, so I had to carry that a lot myself um, mm-hmm. and only chose to tell a couple of friends as my support system and my obviously my immediate family knew um, so that was hard and, and probably hard for her to to talk about um, so I, I think that was a challenge and I see saw things like my grandfathers both had Parkinson's disease mm-hmm. and so learning as a child how to help them get off off a chair and that for me was the beginnings of empathy and um learning how each of us have some sort of challenge and to embrace that challenge without judgment and um to give voice to that challenge so um Sometimes when, I, when I'm doing talks, uh, particularly around diversity and inclusion, I start with that empathy um, about giving voice to voices that have been quieted. Um, and then at other points, personally, um, I grew up from a religious background where uh, women's voices were, were sort of secondary to male voices. And we're already a religious community that's underrepresented. So it's kind of underrepresented in an underrepresented community. So trying to reconcile that was um, uh, an interesting journey. There are certain things I wasn't um, able to do and how um, my, uh, so I'm I'm Jewish and I grew up Orthodox um, 
Jewish. And um, I didn't have the same type of um, bat mitzvah that the boys had, for mm-hmm. example. And, and, and so that was something I've always sort of grappled with. Hmm. Um, and, and sought out in my adult life, uh, communities that recognized um, men and equal, uh, women equally. Um, from a work perspective, um, there are times that I, I did feel that my voice was not heard. So I think um, this notion of being inclusive, so not just, okay, I'm at the table, but getting my voice heard when I'm at the table, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm very attuned to for, for not just me, but for other voices that might not be heard. Mm-hmm. You speak a little bit about the community, the importance of community. It sounds like that has really helped you shape who you are today. And also I think a community is important in developing one's voice because it's, in my opinion, it's about creating that space where you can further develop your confidence with your own voice, that you could step into it more and more. And I'm curious to know two things. First is, do you feel like you are well connected right now as far as to yourself and to the community that you have surrounding you? And the second part of that question is, when did you, when you felt disconnected, which sounds like you have throughout your life, what was that feeling like? And then how did you flip that script around? What did you tell yourself? What did you read? Who, who made a difference in your life that helped you get more connected to who you are and the rest of the world? So those are great questions. It's been about a, a journey really with, with community. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's about... Um, for me was being involved in some women's organization, women's leadership organizations, things like the Financial Women's Association, where I started to learn about um, being more in alignment with who I am as a person and who I am um, professionally. I actually just gave a course yesterday about being your authentic self. (laughs) It's all in alignment. (laughs) It's all in alignment. But there were times when I was in a corporate setting where I felt that I had to be three different people, mm-hmm. where it was a corporate person and a family person and a community person. And as I was saying to class, it gets very hard to be three, three <laughs> people mm-hmm. and manage that. And when I started to learn about well, what was off for me was like managing these three three people. It's very stressful and starting to, to read and be part of different um, leadership groups to learn about how to integrate all these different aspects of my life and look at, well, what's the core values that I have? How are they aligned, for example, with the organizations that I choose to be a part of in terms of my work life, as well as Mm -hmm. in terms of um, community and that that has really um, made the difference for me is to have that awareness first of all that why is this so like feeling so heavy and different and and it's because of that misalignment you say or 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 these different mm-hmm. um, personas that when you can embrace truly being yourself and how to um, bring that out into 
to the world and, and to the organizations that you interact with makes all the difference. Mm-hmm. Are there any books that come to mind that have had a big role on you when it comes to building a community or finding your tribe? Are there any particular books? There are definitely books that I've read um, throughout my career mm-hmm. that really um, have shifted um, my mindset. Uh, one earlier in my career was about um, nice girls don't get the corner office. And it wasn't about being um, a nasty person at all. It was about changing the scripts in mm. your head, maybe from childhood where you, you might have been perceived, like, for example, nice girls don't speak up is one of the things that maybe some people heard during childhood. So it's how do you change that script um, and and make it your own and you're able to bring out your authentic voice. And in more recent years, I, lo- I read something, um, read a book called Unlocking Greatness by Charlie Harari. And it's all about um, the power within and our minds and brains being recognizing that our brains are very powerful mm-hmm. and um, how we wire our brains to um, for positivity is, is sort of the magic with, with greatness. A friend of mine once shared with me that words create worlds. And yes. I, I took that phrase almost to heart because I'm a huge believer in that. I think, the language that you use within ourselves internally is the language. It's the same exact language that we use to create our external world. So if we tell ourselves that we don't have a voice or we can't speak or we shouldn't speak or we can't do this or we can't do that, or this is impossible. Well, those are the things that we manifest because those are the things that we focus on. So we align our literally a whole being and, and state that we're currently in. And then we manifest those things. And then we go back. I think what ends up happening is when we don't achieve the result, our brain goes back and says, I told you, I told you, you can't do this. I told you it was impossible. So then it does become the reality. So I think there's a huge level of awareness that people, I think not need to, but should be more cautious of as far as when it comes to different words that we use with ourselves because those words do become our world. Yes, words do matter. And especially during this time where people feel like they're out of control, Mm -hmm. they do have a lot of control over their decisions. They can make a decision about how they're showing up, for example. They can decide that they themselves are gonna be empowered to start a new business, or Mm -hmm. to um, be a rock star in whatever they're doing as a profession. Um, They can decide what type of information they consume from television to video, to reading, to podcasts. They can decide what food they're gonna feed their body, what fuel is going in their body. They can decide how much sleep they want to get. So there's a lot of decisions that go into our, all of our well-beings that 
I think it's it's easy to forget, especially during this time when there's lots of things that aren't in our control, but we can choose to focus on what is within our control. Mm-hmm. And, and I be think leaders that, that way. And I think that's the beauty of what you just said, as far as this concept and how we begin this conversation around the reopening of the world and the economy and our lives is I think this is, in my opinion, a perfect restart button. Yes. It's a chance to do the things that you said. What are the things that you want to consume? How do you want to consume, consume them? What do you eat? What does your routine look like? What are your priorities when it comes to connecting with different people and who's within that circle? So I think it's a great opportunity to ask those questions as far as what's really important within every single one of those categories. Yes, and I think it's giving people an opportunity to um, pull the camera back a little bit and get a perspective Mm -hmm. of, wait, what are we doing? Because I think sometimes we get into a routine, we're on a treadmill, and we don't have, um, we don't take that time to look at the whole picture and evaluate what am I Mm -hmm. doing? Is this in alignment with my values or out of alignment? And what can I do to make it more in alignment? Or is there something that I want to give more attention to that I'm not? And to reevaluate what our intentions are so we know what to put attention on with those Mm -hmm. intentions. Mm -hmm. I love that point. I'm a huge believer of that intention and intention. Yes. Very, very powerful tools to use. Susan, what is the best way that people can connect with you and a lot of your work? And what are some of the things that you have coming up that people can be a part of? Sure. Thank you so much for for asking that. Mm -hmm. So you can find me at GansStrategicSolutions.com. So Gans, G-A-N-Z, StrategicSolutions.com. You can find me via LinkedIn under Susan Gans of Gans Strategic Solutions. Um, I have an initiative, uh, then you're going to be on my show called REST, which is stands for Resiliency and Empowerment Seminar today. And on my website, some information. And what I'm doing with that show is I'm interviewing CEOs of small, mid-sized businesses, nonprofit leaders, as well as other community leaders to shine a light on their organizations, their professional journeys, um, to raise awareness of their organizations and their causes and to um, promote them during this time because I feel that small businesses in particular and um, especially underrepresented uh, mm-hmm. folks and women are going to need some extra support during this time. And this was my way of giving back during this time. Mm-hmm. And I wholeheartedly agree with you. I think during this particular time that we're all experiencing, the level of awareness it has to increase for the small business, the mid-sized businesses, whatever the business that you might be operating in. And there's one thing that I've learned about business and awareness in general is that it doesn't just happen on its own. You have to reach yeah. out. You have to make connections. You have to understand how you can mutually add value to one another. So I think for anyone that's listening and wants to increase awareness for their business, 
it, I mean, it starts with how you and I did just connecting and exploring like what's possible, what is within your realm and what's within my realm and how do we combine the two? How do we mutually add value to one another? So I think there's a, there's a lot to be said with um, building a business. But one of the things that I've learned is that you, you have to take action, continue to take action, no matter where you're at. Um, so I appreciate you coming onto the show and sharing everything that you have when it comes to your experience. And we'll make sure to include all the different ways that people can get in touch with you and connect to your work. Wonderful. Thank you so much. This has been a pleasure and I, I wish you continued good health and safety and uh, appreciate um, the opportunity to get to know you as well. Thank you all for listening to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. If you haven't done so already, feel free to subscribe to our future episodes so you can receive all of the latest content. Also, if you like what you heard, consider leaving us a review on iTunes, Google, or Facebook so more people can hear these inspiring stories. Once again, we thank you for listening and we look forward to having you next week.